What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. guys, welcome into your Saturday, December 3rd, OBR Film Breakdown Podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Reminder, take advantage of the $100 in free bets when we go live. Now, under a month until Ohio goes live, sports betting. So take advantage of that. That's $100 by using the promo code OBR. We're going to do a Texans preview in this episode, completely out of the normal. We had a scheduling conflict with the Texans guest that came on. I actually had a schedule conflict with Jordan earlier in the week, so we said we're just going to meet up. We're going to knock this thing out, talk about the Texans, hit some bigger picture stuff, and make it one tidy little short Saturday podcast. Jordan Zerm flew back from the east to west coast. What's up, man? How are you? Are you jet lagged? What's going on, man? How's life? Oh, man, it's good. I mean, it was nice to be home for Thanksgiving festivities. But, um, yeah, the flight the flight back is always a little bit tough. And this time, for whatever reason, the only decent flight I could find was flew me to Atlanta first, which – you know, doesn't take any time off the actual flight then to LA. So I basically just took a flight to Atlanta to then just take the same amount of time it would take from Cleveland to get to Los Angeles. So it was a, uh, it was a very long day on Wednesday. Um, got back pretty late, but uh, no, I'm, I mean, I've done this flight so many times now that I don't really get jet lagged anymore. So I feel okay today, but I was, I was pretty, I was pretty tired on Thursday after going to bed after that, uh, after that trip. So um but no, man, it was good to be home for Thanksgiving. Good to be in the CLE with, with family and all that. So I hope you had a good one as well. Yeah, man. Love to hear that. Thanks. We appreciate it. I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that flight back to the to the West Coast is, uh, although you gained some hours, I've only flown out to Vegas as far as I've gone. And it's just, um, it's a long flight. It's a long flight. You're going against the current. So yep. I, uh, I empathize. Listen, we're going to switch into this. Let's dive in quick. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff surrounding this game in the league in general. I'm going to start on Deshaun, sort of what you're expecting. The OBR Slack channels had some debates around, you know, what they expected from him. Like 40 attempts was what some person was. I'm saying they're not going to throw it 40 times. Like, the, I mean, this game is, we'll talk about it, but the Texans are starting, you know, they're starting, <laughs> they're starting Kyle Allen at quarterback. They're going to run it a ton uh, until they can't run it anymore. It's going to be a moving clock. I thought he'd get somewhere close to 28 to 30 uh, attempts. I still might be being generous. As far as performance goes, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I've gotten everybody's opinion this week. Where do you sit on what you think they'll look like, and how do you think he'll play? Yeah, that feels right. I, I feel like 20, 25 to 30 feels right. I mean, I think, like, with Kevin as a as a play caller, like, he just – he he eases guys in. I think he, he tries to make it as easy as possible for his guys, especially when uh, it's somebody coming back from, what, 700-plus days since the last time he started a, 
a football game. So yeah, I have a feeling like they're going to run it. They'll run it early. I, I wouldn't be shocked to, you know, the first play be, be a nice little play action that gets, you know, Deshaun an easy completion. And then they sort of go from there. But I, I feel like it's going to be, you know, there's going to be emphasis on the run. They're just going to, they're just going to try and make it easy on them. Um, and if they can move the ball on the ground, which like they should be able to against his Texas defense, then um, I, I don't think they're going to try to have him do too much. Although it is, it is a type of defense that if you wanted to sort of break somebody in against it, um, the Texans is, is probably one of the better ones around the league to do it. But yeah, it feels right about 25 to 30. I, I you know, maybe take a shot or two up play action because that's something that Deshaun has always um, really excelled at. So uh, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's going to be, um, it'll be a modest game plan. You know, they're not going to throw everything out there. They're not going to show everything they want to do yet. Um, but, um, yeah. And I mean, I guess my expectations are, ju- I, it's hard to really know like what he's going to look like. I, you know, the only glimpse we got was in that first preseason game where he was all over the place and, um, you know, there were some drops, there were some misses. So I, I think it's just going to like to get into the rhythm. I think the biggest thing of this is just like having a couple extended drives where, you know, you're running, you know, 10, 15 plays and you can get him comfortable. He's throwing, he's, he's handing it off. He's getting into play action and getting into rhythm. Like, I think that's probably the most important thing I want them to hopefully be able to take away from this game is like some extended drives where you can really build that rhythm and, and get him comfortable in the type of offense and the type of plays that they're going to run and hopefully getting some some third and longs, some third and shorts, you know, just really be able to mix up some stuff. Maybe there's a two-minute drill. I think, like, you hope it's it's more of a uh, – not a glorified practice, but, like, getting to put him in some situations, um, you know, that are going to be probably a little more intense as they play better teams and, and then, you know, next season when he's got the full year kind of to look ahead to. So um, I don't expect a ton. I mean, I think you're going to see some plays where you – that's going to make you understand why they, they risked as much as they did to, to put him on this Browns team. And then I think you're probably going to see some overthrows and some rough stuff where the timing is off a little bit. It's a bummer that David Njoku's not going to be available because um, obviously he, you know, he was going to be a big target and a big safety valve for himself. Um, so yeah, my expectations are sort of like right in the middle, but I think because of the opponent, like I, I just feel like it's a good, a, a good opportunity to, to kind of get his feet wet um, and really kind of try to, have this offense do all the things with him that they're going to want to eventually do at a higher volume. Yeah. Pharaoh Brown revenge game in play now. Yeah. Oh, big revenge game. Big, big revenge game. Yeah. To your point, Texans, he knows them well. Lovey was there last year. Same defense, same concepts. It is, it's the perfect game to come back to. And I, I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if they negotiated it that way because he knew that, right? Like he only has to break down six opponents for the year. How mentally sharp is he? Your your point about the process, you know, tidying up the in and out of the huddle stuff. If they go no huddle, how does that look? How does he do at the line of scrimmage with the kill calls and protection maneuvering and all that stuff? So that's that's what you're hoping it's a clean game in, in terms of like that stuff so he can get as many of the physical with the mental that he's already been getting and going through. So great stuff there. We'll see what shakes out. It should be, it should be a, a pretty good football game. I mean, I could see the Browns winning by double digits, but at the same time, this this Texans team – they'll fight and they're going to have some added, you know, there's going to be some added energy from their side to, to put together a good performance in this game. Before we shift over, we're going to dive into the Texans more in depth in a minute. I have to get your opinion on, on a couple topics. One, we always hit and one out of left field, as far as the separating act from uh, actor, all that stuff. I have to imagine you saw the Aaron Rodgers stuff recently, right? Cause I just, I don't need, I don't need to be crazy. I've already shared my opinion on it. I just got to know you see the Deshaun Kaiser thing and like, 
oh my goodness right it's just uh it's yeah, like, yeah but also like what if deshaun kaiser had a family member there like you know what i mean does yep. he think about that stuff like i don't know man no i don't i don't i don't think aaron Rodgers care like i think that could have been anybody like i, I think aaron Rodgers just wants to hear himself talk and wants to be like you know, I'm the guy, man. I'm going to ask him. I'm that free thinker, man. I'm going to ask some weird questions. Like what? A, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. If that was the, if I showed up at a job and the first, the first thing someone said to me was that I'd be like, I've picked, I've picked the wrong job. You know, like I have picked the wrong company. I think I will be leaving here immediately. <laughs> there was, it was also was a little concerning that Deshaun, um, this is a separate topic, but then he also was like, you guys are laughing, but like, do your research. And I was like, Oh boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like did I, I felt like he Aaron, was trying to be cool. Yeah. He he yeah. was. Um, so Aaron may have recruited Deshaun into his cults, just him, Kyrie, him, Kyrie and um, Deshaun Kaiser. That's the, uh, the Holy triumvirate there. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like all this stuff. And now it's, there's a little bit of me too. That's like Aaron, Aaron, he was in so much pain in that game um, when they took him out. And now he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to keep playing. I don't fault him for like wanting to like, I mean, their season is pretty much, you know, not fully done, but like there's the Packers are pretty much going to be out of the playoff picture. And like Jordan love has just been sitting there for years and like, there's a little bit of buzz that like, okay, well maybe Aaron takes the rest of the year off and heals and we, and they can finally get a, a, a bigger sample size of what Jordan love is. And he's just like, ah, no, man, I don't care. I'm playing. <laughs> so it's just like everything. About and he had that him. ominous, ominous answer too, in terms of like, I don't know what next year will look like. You tell me, you just signed yes. a massive contract too. Uh, it's just, he's, he's just, uh, yeah, I, Kaiser said he's the most talented throw over the football he's ever seen. I agree. But boy, the more he talks, it's hard to, it's hard to support. Yeah, it's hard to support. And now it's going to get to the point, you know, where like they're at, you know, Green Bay sort of looking at the future a little bit and Aaron's getting older and like, yeah, he obviously is one of the probably one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched. But man, this is what happens, I think, too, like when the skill set starts to decline a little bit and then some of the stuff you ignore with the personality, it gets harder to ignore because you're just like, I mean, it's what it's what's happening with Russell Wilson, where it's like, not to quite that like extreme, but man, you just get really, you get tired of something a lot quicker than you do if they were winning and they were playing well. And I think like, that's the point that I'm at with Rogers where it's like, man, if you're not going to give me, you know, 50 points and, and I can forget about what a tool you are for about a couple hours a day, then, you know, this is just kind of exhausting. And yeah, that the Sean story is just like, oh, I mean, the the most Aaron Rodgers thing I could ever think of. Yeah, winning covers up a lot of issues in a locker room. It always will. It uh, it always will. So we'll shift off of that. We talked about uh, we talked about Rogers two straight pods. That's probably enough. So we'll shift over to our weird scale, which is always fun. The, last week, the Browns were honestly one of the weirdest outcomes, uh, upsetting the Buccaneers as they did coming into that game at three and seven. The only other weird one, which is is kind of in line with where. Baltimore is in general is giving up 18 fourth quarter points and losing to the Jaguars. And I said uh, yesterday to John Colsimo about like, you know, don't lose this one this week, you know, Baltimore don't fall to seven and five. That's all I'm going to say. Like, cause the Browns have, I mean, both of those teams back to back, if they beat the Texans, like it's there. I mean, that's it's, it's there. It's all I'll say. So, you know, they, they better figure it out. There really wasn't any other weird outcome last week. Looking at this week, weird outcomes that are on the table, 
you know, I mean, you got to say the Texans Browns game because they're 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 one and nine, they're four and seven, so it's not that yep. weird. Broncos Ravens, there's a chance Ravens defense some weirdness. is pretty bad. There's some weirdness in play yeah. there. Yeah. Otherwise, the Rams Seahawks can't see it because Stafford's still out. Dolphins Forty Nine ers is just going to be fun. I need to see the Dolphins against real opponents. That's what I'm looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, Dolphins Forty Nine ers and then Chiefs Bengals. We get a nice little. That's a that's a nice little two pack in the in the one o'clock window um, uh, on Sunday. I I will say that yeah, the though there aren't as many weird matchups. I think the weirdness factor for Broncos Ravens is through the roof because I think the Broncos are probably coming off of rock bottom rock bottom scoring ten points against the Panthers and Russell Wilson just like getting having his face screamed at by a defensive player to be like bro, like you, you got to get it going or we're going to fight you in the locker room. Like that, I think they've hit a point now where the players don't even care. They're just going to say whatever they want to Russell Wilson, like to his face. And it just doesn't matter. So that game, like if, if Russ comes out and like balls in that game, that could, that could, that would be one of the weirdest outcomes because I think the Broncos are in a place where it, like, it feels like, you know, the ceiling is falling and like, are they going to fire Nathaniel Hackett? And like, what's going to happen with Russell Wilson? Like all of these questions are going around. And the Ravens have just been the least impressive seven and, you know, what are they? Seven and four, seven and four team I think I've ever seen. So the potential for weirdness is very high there. And, and that makes me excited. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that because the Ravens offensive style and how they have to play in certain times, it's not conducive if they fall behind to somebody. Um, Chargers six and five Raiders four and seven a little bit, but the Raiders are playing better. Chargers are uh, the ability to lose to anybody on any given week. I would say another one that's up there, the last one here, is Colts at Cowboys. Colts just seem, you know, coach of the year, Jeff Saturday. He does get his guys to play hard, right? He uh, almost beats the Eagles. They should have beat, you know, they lost that game to Pittsburgh, but I felt like they beat themselves. I think somebody made a good point that the coaches should just have to do like like 100 different Madden games throughout the week and just start the game in the last two minutes and make <laughs> clock management decisions. That's the only benefit from Madden somebody could get is just making clock management decisions all the time. So that one is... That's our two circled ones. Colts at Cowboys, Broncos at Ravens. Those are the two weird scale factor games because otherwise just a bunch of ugly teams play each other, right? Steelers, Falcons, um, Packers, Bears, Jags, Lions, Browns, Texans. You know, there's not many that have that ability. I guess if the Saints went into Tampa and beat the Bucks, ooh, that'd be get real spicy for Tampa if they fell to five and seven, even though that division would, especially bad like enough, Saints coming off getting it. Yeah, the Saints got shut out last week. I mean, yeah, that would be a uh, that would be a little spicy. All right, so w- let's do this. We'll shift over, take our break for this pod. When we come back, we will dive into a fun uh, hypothetical question, which is more more opinion than anything else here. And then we'll switch over and go in depth on the Texans. In depth, there's two guys who don't care about the Texans can go in depth. We'll go there. So we'll be right <laughs> back. Hey guys, telling you again about the. Fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus. Right, get $100 in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app, 
Ohio. It's your chance to get in on the action. Join today. Again, promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer, 21 and older. you got to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean this with absolutely no disrespect. I think the Texans are the most boring team in the NFL. I just think they're incredibly boring. When they had Deshaun and J.J. Watt, they had some interesting moments. But since they let, you know, they moved on from Deshaun, moved on from O'Brien, brought in Lovey Smith with an interesting hire. They are so, they're just like a wasteland right now. And I think their fans feel the same way. A lot of people I've heard from this week who cover the Texans are like, you know, they're just talking about the future of the Rockets or they're talking about the Astros. It's like they don't care. They just don't care. And I think my point is, what is there to care about here? There's a difference between a three and 13 team with a young, promising quarterback and building around it. But like they were all very excited about Davis Mills. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. He's been terrible. But like, I think the Texans are right there, if not the front runner for the most boring team in the NFL. Who, who else is in consideration here in your book? Yeah, I, I think the, the Texans take that cake. I was just trying to think, like, okay, is there an exciting rookie? And I guess, like, Damon Pierce, their running back, is is the only the only person uh, this season for them that has given any sort of um, sort of hope for the future. But, again, like, it's a little muted because it's a, it's a running back. And, like, outside of that at the skill positions, they are just – I mean, Brandon Cooks would probably rather be not playing football than play for the Texans right now. And – Again, like you said with Davis Mills, who was like intriguing for a little bit, and now he's played. A, he played. I mean, not a full season, but you know, a quarter, quarter, uh, a half of the season has looked awful, and so it's like, okay, well, maybe not. And uh, I mean, Derek Stingley was, you know, their one of their defensive picks out of LSU, and I haven't you you just haven't heard his name very much, and he's out this week, and yeah, in terms of like, not only are they boring, but 
the things to look forward to as they go on, like it, outside of Pierce, like I just don't really, I don't really know what else is there. So um, I would definitely put them up there. I, I'm trying to think if there's another, I mean, I guess now nah, that's the probably Falcons would be to, in consideration. For I, me. I, Falcons would definitely be in consideration. I mean, I think it's, it's still, I guess they've been in competition for the division, but it's still wild to me that like Desmond Ritter hasn't taken a single snap. Um, you know, I guess that's a product of them trying to win the division, but it's also like, but what's the point, you know, of like winning the division? Like, is there a, is there a benefit of winning that division to get smoked in the playoffs? Like, why wouldn't you just play Desmond regardless? So, um, yeah, that there one's like a little bad odd. Teams. There are bad teams like the Broncos, the Cardinals, but there's interesting elements to them. The Russell there Wilson are. stuff, the Cardinals, have the Kyler and, and, and Kingsbury stuff there. The Panthers fired a coach. They have Baker, you know, and all that drama. Like there are bad teams, but there's like, there's, there's just not, I think the saints are interesting. I was just, I, yeah, the saints it, are right? tough for me. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some, I don't know. Maybe the saints for me are a little boring because it's like, well, what are they, what do they do? What do they have outside of like, I mean, Kamara has been there for forever. Um, yeah. The Jameis Winston thing where he's like, Hey, I lost my job because of an, in- of an injury and you shouldn't lose your job because of an injury is like that, you know, that's not great I've to hear from heard, a player. I'm, no, I've never heard Dennis Allen speak once. I've never heard him speak. I don't think he's, he's yeah, I don't think he's given a press conference the entire season. So we'll have to have somebody <laughs> look into that. Um, the Taysom Hill thing I'm over, you know, like I just don't care anymore. It's not exciting. It's not, innovative anymore like I'm just over it he barely does anything anymore anyway so and and with Andy Dalton playing it's just like I mean Andy Dalton is the king of boring so the Saints are actually now that I I think more about it the Saints are actually pretty high up there for me though nowhere near I think the Titans have this one by a large margin that's actually interesting I think you meant to say the Texans but the Titans are the most oh I did mean to say the Texans that's it's funny you said that though because the Titans are the Uh, most successful boring team in terms of like and slip yeah, well, that is exactly right. Like they're this this, um, this successful team that's kind of a boring head coach who just, you know, you it's kind of a boring franchise in general. It used to be cool when they were the Oilers, and now they're like the Titans, and their jerseys are boring. Stadium, yeah, everything about it, and then their quarterback situation. Yep. I mean, Derrick Henry's fun, but like they they just are, and, and boring doesn't mean you're the worst because there are worse teams out there than some of these. Although the Texans kind of align with both, but you know, sometimes yeah. like a team can be can be bad but they don't make any noise one way or the other like the saints just don't make any noise right like yeah. the seahawks are six and five but they're kind of boring if Geno didn't come along they'd be incredibly boring the rams are three in it but they're not boring so like it's a it's a fine line like the falcons to me like arthur smith very quiet they had kyle pitts you should be excited about they don't throw him the football they don't get Drake <laughs> they London involved. to use him in the offense. Yeah. yeah, it's the like I couldn't name 10 players on the Falcons off the top. I'd have to kind of dig a little bit like I think the Texans. It's the it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest thing. They signed like they weren't full tanking. They went out and signed a bunch of weird middling veterans. They continued that theory into this year. And it does align that they're the worst team with the most boring. But like I could you could take the Texans out of the NFL and I'd be like, oh, OK, you know. All right, that's fine. I haven't really talked about them, but I think it's an interesting conversation about most boring. I think the, I do think the Texans are leading far and away. They tried to introduce some red helmets this year to spice it up, but oh. it's um, it's a wasteland. I guess we can we can dig in on these guys a little bit. They're one nine and one, um, and that obviously tells a story. 
They have played some close games earlier in the year. They tied the Colts to start the year. They beat the Jaguars 13-6 in week five. Played close games for the most part in between. Lost by a touchdown to Denver. Lost by three to the Bears. Coming out of the bye week, they got the kind of got the brakes beaten off of them by the Raiders. But then they played the Titans close. But that was Malik Willis starting. It was a 17-10 game. Eagles beat them by 12, hosting them in a trap game. Uh, the Giants at the Giants, they lose by eight. They get beat by 13 by the Commanders, and that game was, you know, was stretched out in the first half. And then last week, the Dolphins are up 30 to nothing at half. So they're they're not good. Sometimes they play with a ton of effort and put together some strings of plays. For the most part, though, it's um, it's pretty bleak. If you look at their stats across the board and rankings, like 30th and first downs um, for their offense, 31st and first downs for their defense, it's the 32nd ranked yards against on offense 31st ranked um points four on offense defense not much better 23rd in points four, 29th in yards you go through everything and it's pretty bad they don't turn the football over a ton on offense according to this their turnover percentage but they don't get a ton of takeaways the passing game they they defend the pass decently i'll give them some credit there they don't stop the run all too well and they don't they don't uh they don't run it at a high rate themselves. Even though Damian Pierce, like you said, is a is a fun young player, their rankings across the league are bleak. So I don't know. We'll start before we get into the roster. Like who stands out? Like when you think about playing the Texans, who stands out for you? Might even be guys that are out. Yeah, I mean, it's like Brandon Cooks. I think is one of the only guys that really sort of stands out for me. Um, and and he's not going to play this week. And, and like I mentioned before, there was a lot of sort of drama uh, around the trade deadline. And I just think, I mean, for him, he's probably just like, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel here and they're having a horrible season and um, it's time to go. They're, they're in that spot where I think like vets probably want out and, you know, there's the rebuild probably needs to start, but isn't really starting because, you know, you thought maybe like Davis Mills is a young quarterback who's going to be out. Like, you know, that's the other intriguing quote unquote part, but he's been bad. And, and now you've got Kyle Allen averaging a nice five and a half yards a pass. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think what's interesting to me is that like, well, Christian Kirksey is still there hanging out. Um, that's uh, unfortunate for yeah, him. Good to see him. Good to see him. Uh, it'll be good to well. see him. Say hello. Shake his hand. Also, MJ Stewart is on the Texans, which is something I just found out right now. Uh, so it'll be week. nice to incredible stuff. It'll be nice to wave at MJ Stewart. Um, yeah, man, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, outside of Derek Stingley, um, who's only played nine games. So he's missed a couple of injuries. He's going to miss another one. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's sort of a barren, barren roster without, again, like a lot of guys that, that kind of get you excited. Um, Rex Burkhead is somehow still alive and, and playing football. He's there. So there's a lot of guys when you say that. With this group. <laughs> that's like, what oh, I was just about there. to say. That's, that's what this Texas team is. It's a place where some guys who you haven't heard their name called in a few years that they've ended up here. And you're like, Oh yeah, Rex Burkhead, that guy. So, Oh yeah, man, I don't know. I forgot he went there. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's where, that's what they're at, but you're right, man. I mean, they've played like a lot of one score, one and a half score games. And I, I mean, I watched that game they played against the Eagles was a, was a Thursday night game. And they actually played a, especially in the first half, they, they played it close. Um, they were doing some good things and, and then they sort of faded at the end. So it is a team that, 
I mean, now Kyle Allen is in, and I mean, I don't know how much of a that makes a difference. Also, like it, people are telling me, Davis Mills and Kyle Allen are not just the same person twice. Like, are they? You can't tell me those are two separate people, Davis Mills. And, Never seen them. And I'd Kyle imagine Allen. the necks. The necks are different, but the uh, necks got to be a, maybe a little uh, different. But like, um, yeah. there's two names on the depth chart, and I'm just not sure that's correct. So well, um, I know I know Texans people were reeling in the off season, and they hate Deshaun and I get it, but there were some funny takes out there about how good Davis Mills was. And I was like, okay. All right. You a think, lot okay. of Davis yeah. Mills optimism. Uh, yeah. And there, there was a I'm lot. Sure. It, was, it was, uh, it was really funny to me to see that was like, it was, you know, it was a coping mechanism and maybe even yeah. fooled like somebody like, you know, cooks who thinks, okay, I'll sign this contract and uh, no state yep. tax and maybe Mills will be decent. And, <laughs> All that stuff, you know, as we just saw, uh, not to change sports on us here, but we uh, just saw what's his name Degrom from the Mets sign for 185 oh, yeah. million with the Rangers tonight. So, um, anyway, let's let's comb through stats. Yeah, Davis Mills. We won't spend much time on him. He went one and eight, one eight and one on the year. Uh, completed 61 percent of his passes, 2144 yards. I think he was tied for the league leading interceptions, 11 touchdowns, 11 picks. Kyle Allen played last week, 26 of 39, 215 a touchdown. Two interceptions, a fumble. It was ugly, and um, yeah, he's not very good. He's just he's just not very nope. good. He's not an NFL quality quarterback. Rushing stats: Damian Pierce, 180 carries. The next highest carry totals 24 from Rex Burkhead. They give Pierce the ball. Incredible. Time. 788 yep. yards, only three touchdowns, 4.4 yards of average. Um, like I said, Burkhead has 83 yards. Davis Mills ran for 38. Daria Gumbawale had a carry last week for a touchdown to, to to break some fantasy folks heart, but that's it. The receiving is Brandon <laughs> cooks, but cooks is out. Now I do like Nico Collins is the guy that I thought they were going to draft. If he wasn't taking a couple picks before them, when they ended up taking Schwartz later. So he'll lead the group. Jordan Aikens, their tight ends uh, second in receiving at 300 yards. Chris Moore. Couldn't tell you anything about Chris Moore, 268 yards. Burkhead is their third down back, so he's got some receiving actions. 164. Philip Dorsett. Oh yeah, he still plays. Oh, Philip. Uh, okay. Yeah, 162 yards, and Pierce has 143, and OJ Howard 119. That should probably be the theme of their their uh, their team. Oh yeah, he still plays. Um, on defense, leading. I mean, Jerry Hughes is playing his butt off. That that yep. signing still makes me mad. He's playing so well. Eight sacks on the year. And he only had like a one year, two years with a second year option, like five million. That one, that one bothers me. So if you're just looking at grades for the year, Laramie Tunzel, still a very nice left tackle, will present Miles with some challenges. A ninety point eight pass block grade for the year. Damian Pierce, second highest uh, graded player on offense, seventy nine point four, runs in an eighty five point five. He has a lot of missed tackles for, so the Browns will be challenged. I do think the Texans are going to run it until they physically can't run it anymore. The game dictates it. They're going to run it like crazy. Akins is grading out pretty well. Doesn't run block very well, but is a nice pass catcher. 73.9. Nico Collins is up above a 71. Um, 72.6 grade. Tyus Howard, Titus Howard, the other tackles, solid. So they do have two decent tackles. Cooks is out. And then, man, the grades start to fall off down near the bottom. I mean, there's a there's a plethora of fellas along the interior offensive line who are grading out below below 49s i mean including Kenyon green their first round pick they had two first round picks Kenyon green was the second first round pick so not only do you not take a skill player you take a guard who's grading out below 40 that's a tough scene 
So <laughs> and then uh, so we'll just give you the names. I'll just rattle off the offense. So they're starting Nico and Cooks. With Cooks out, I imagine you'll see more Philip Dorsett. They claim Amari Rodgers from Green Bay. Maybe he sees some time. Chris Moore, that is the most underwhelming receiving group they face this year. <laughs> Jordan Akins is the tight end. Yep. Uh, O.J. Howard backs him up and plays some in 12 personnel. Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead we've talked about. Um, across the offensive line, Laramie Tunzel, Kenyon Green, Scott Questenberry, A.J. Can, Titus Howard. Yikes. It's not a good group, man. It's not a good group, and they should not be able to put more than one touchdown and a couple field goals on you. They really they really cannot let these guys run on them. They cannot yeah. allow them to run on them. I just can't I can't emphasize it enough. Um any other thoughts from you, Jordan, on that Texans offense? Uh there really isn't. I mean, I think like <laughs> You know, I, I'm not doing this least, to mock them either. It's just not a great, no, that's just, I mean, it's, it's barren. Um, it, it is truly barren. I think, uh, you know, the, it's good. I think that the Browns are coming off a game in which, um, they actually played aside from Rashad White's what 35 yard run in that first quarter. They really, I mean, played, played well. And I know White's a rookie, but like, he's a, he's a talented guy and, and Fournette wasn't out there, but, but White's a talented guy who's been you know, taking a lot of carries from Fournette anyway. So, uh, you know, that was, to me, that was really encouraging that they um, they played well against the run. And now they go into this week where really the only weapon the Texans have, like you said, is this running back, uh, another rookie. Like, I think just having some, some positive stuff on tape for once for the defense against the run um, is good. Now, you know, I can see... I can see Pierce breaking a run or two, but like as long as that's all it is the whole game, you know, and it's not like an 80 yard touchdown scamper, which, um, you know, that will, if that happens, that will be unfortunate. But um, I, I think like there's some positive vibes from the Browns run group, at least, you know, one weekend going against this Texans team. So I, I don't see, I don't see what they can do against this Browns defense outside of the run. And, and when you can hone in on it, hopefully like the Browns are going to, and really just sort of force Kyle Allen to, to beat you. Hopefully that's a recipe for a, for a big win. And, and they get, you know, they get the training wheels off to Sean a little bit um, and they can kind of move forward with the rest of the schedule and, and get this one out of the way. So um, no, I, I just, yeah, this is the first time I've looked up the Texans roster in a whole. I mean, I think I watched that game against the Eagles. That's probably the last time I actually watched the Texans was that game against the Eagles on Thursday Night Football. And I was just like, man, I know nothing. Outside of Davis, Mills, and Pierce, I don't know anything about this team. And looking at their roster now in full, it, it still feels that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a chance for – it's a bit of a a bit of a get-right game for both Deshaun Watson and, and the Browns um, against the Texans. And hopefully that's exactly how it's kind of treated. OC Pep Hamilton. That should bring back oh, some Pep. Memories. And then uh, Lovey Smith is, uh, as our friends at OurLads.com tells us, is the de facto DC, Lovey Smith. Um, and they run his cover two stuff. They don't really move people around. Uh, it's deep safety coverage, cover two. They show you cover two, cover three. They'll play a little bit of quarters. They'll play a little bit of man-to-man, cover one stuff. It is not a very tricky defense, and there's a lot of space. They they try to funnel the football into certain portions of the field, and um, Deshaun should have a feel for how they play their defense. Um Real quick, we close. So it's Jerry Hughes uh, at one edge, Rasheem Green at the other. They also play Ogbania, Okoronkwo, who came over from the Rams, who's a nice player. Those two, Jerry Hughes and Okoronkwo, are grading the best. Hughes is 55. 
Okoronko's 45. They do pop on tape a little bit inside. And Mario Addison's 97. He came over from Buffalo. Again, older veteran, nice player, has some moments. Malik Collins, number 96, is their best interior defensive lineman. They also play Kirk Heinish. They play a guy named Roy Lopez, who seems like he stars on an ABC sitcom. And then Michael <laughs> Dwumfor and Thomas Booker are names you might see on the inside of that group. The linebacker group, Christian Harris, which is a third-round pick this past year, he's okay, lost at times, good athlete. Kirksey, we all know Kirksey, staying healthy, good for him. He's actually he's not playing terrible. He's fine, but he's certainly limited. Uh, when they play a slot linebacker or a strong linebacker, they'll play Jake Hansen. Blake Cashman sees a little bit of time. Uh, their slot corner is um, none other than revenge game Tavier Thomas. So we'll see oh. if he plays, but he's there their listed starter. Stingley's out, so they'll probably start Desmond Green. MJ Stewart will play some. Jonathan Owens, number 36, will also play back there. Jalen Petrie's a guy I liked uh, coming out of Baylor, second-round pick this past year, but has been uneven for them this year. I'm being nice. He's number five. Steven Nelson's a nice player. He'll play corner for them as well. Also, Eric Murray finds himself another Cleveland Brown, former Cleveland Brown finds himself in a reserve safety role. He's the guy who we thought was a good idea to trade Emmanuel Ogba for to KC back in the day. Mm. Uh, you want to remember that one uh, defensively, the best grades, like I said, Hughes, Okoronkwo, Desmond King has uh, nice grades largely because he's a good zone corner and they play so much down corner zone stuff. Steven Nelson, their other corner, fine former. I think Nelson was with, was he with Pittsburgh for a while? I'm trying to remember uh, yes. where he was. He definitely was. Yeah. He spent some time with Pittsburgh, and he was a nice player for them uh, a couple years, 19 and 20. He was with Philly last year. You're kind of looking at these guys. They played a lot of different places. Um, Malik Collins, their highest-graded interior guy. would love to have him, to be honest with you. Nice pass-rushing grade for him, 76.7. Otherwise, you're like Kirksey's on a shade under 60 overall, um, not defending the run all too well, but he never really was that guy. He's hovering. Then I'm telling you from – 17 down to 30 has all guys playing below 50 grades. So like Tavier Thomas Stingley struggling. His coverage grade is a 49.9. I cannot believe they drafted Stingley to play him in cover two. That's neither here nor there. Petrie's down there at the bottom. Uh, Cam McGregor Hill is a linebacker that's hurt for them, but Christian, Christian Harris also playing really bad. Christian Harris has a grade below 30 on the year. That's a challenge to do. Oof. So a lot of chances to pick on linebackers, average safeties, you know, just, uh, average safeties and corners, but they're, they're NFL guys. So like they're going to make some plays. Uh, I'm happy that Deshaun is coming back in this one because it gives them added focus because this is a, you know, the Browns were say six and five or five and six, and they didn't have the return of Deshaun or whatever. Like this is a huge trap game, but yep. there's a trap game. And then there's a team that's like this playing like this, ready to pack it in for the year that you just cannot, you cannot lose this game. So I think it's probably like a 34, 31 20 type of final um that's what i sort of smell i'm looking at your prediction what do you think on your side yeah that feels that feels pretty right i i would put yeah like 28 10 type of type of action going on there i just think like that that offense with kyle allen is just there's there's not much there so yeah i'll go i'll go about 28 10 there for the browns yeah, yours is a little better. I'm predicting too many points, but I hope I hope I'm wrong about that. Listen, we have covered the Houston Texans. We did it. We previewed. We them. made it. I through. will say, not to plant bad uh, omens uh, here, but if you were to lose this game, this has devastating ramifications. So, 
while it's a fantastic game to get, to get, you know, Deshaun Watson back ready to go, to get a win you need, you got to win here. Even if it's ugly, you got to win this game. Because if you lose it, I don't even, I'm not even going to go down that trail. You and I have done too many pods where we predict seasons and we've been right way more than we've been wrong. So yep. I'm not going to bring our bad omen into this. It's just this is a disaster potential loss type of thing here. So we will keep a positive attitude. The Browns are going to get this thing done. Jordan and I both predicted a win. Any closing remarks from you, Jordan, before we split for uh, the Saturday episode? Oh, um, nothing closing. I mean, it's um, – yeah, Sunday is going to be uh, – weird uh interesting i mean i think um i think it will be interesting to sort of figure out how to you know talk right about deshaun just from a football perspective i i think it it, it is i think there's just some it, it'll be unfortunate because i think that the talk will fully turn to football now with him which is not a is not surprising. Um, I think it will always be a little difficult for me to sort of put the other stuff out of the the back of the mind. Even though I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't um, excited to watch him play football because I know how good he is, and I, I think I've said this before on the pod that he was one of my favorite quarterbacks before all the all the things came out. Um, I just. I wanted him on the Browns in that draft. I enjoyed watching him. He's incredibly talented. If I think if you've forgotten the type of quarterback he is talent wise, um, you know, you were, I think you're going to be really in, I mean, there's a reason the Browns did what they did, but it, it is always going to be a little bit um, awkward, uncomfortable uh, because that, that, that cloud is not just going to dissipate as much as I think some people would like it to just by, you know, making it about football, which, you know, at this point, that's really all we can do because, you know, he's obviously at his pressers. He's not going to answer questions about the legal stuff and um, they're going to try and bury that as far as they can. So it's just it's just going to be interesting. I mean, Jake, you and I have never really been in a position like this where the quarterback for the team that we cover and talk about has sort of the, the baggage that's coming with it. Um, so I, it's just going to be it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be both you know, exciting, but also sort of, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of this cloud kind of hanging over it. So it's just going to be a, it'll be an interesting day. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, but I do think sometimes it is a little bit of a disservice to sort of just completely turn to football when there is the stuff kind of hanging over it, but that's kind of, you know, that's, that's where we're at and the, the suspension is over and we kind of got to go through it, but it'll just be a, a a different experience. Um, and I know that there are definitely still Browns fans out there that are wrestling with it. And I, you know, it, it was a uh, 11 weeks came and went quick um, or 12 weeks, I should say. And, uh, and yeah. it's back now. So it was nice to get a break from it, but you know, it's going to be in all pressers and in all games, it's going to get talked about. So it's just going to be, it's going to be a unique experience. Well, I think I think it will continue to be talked about until I mean, time will we can only talk about it so much, right? Like, yes, we can't keep perpetuating it. Like, well, what I'm getting at is this will never truly stop until he faces it head on. He may never do that. And if he never does that, then this will probably always linger. He has to someday, whether that's a sit down in the offseason and maybe he doesn't. You guys might have a different opinion. Maybe you think he never needs to address it. That's cool, too. I think. At some point down the line, he'll address it. He has to go in like he has to. I just think for his own mental, he has to address it. If he gives some of those answers, and again, whether that's a controlled situation or not, 
where I'm talking like he does it on uninterrupted or somewhere, then people can get the answers they've been seeking. Because in my opinion, he's never answered questions that people would just like to know the answer to. If he does that, again, he can control everything around the interview. Then he has a chance to put it away. But until then, until then, people will probably still talk about it. Some people will never forgive him. That's fine. But as far as like, it just has to move on. I mean, there's nothing we can really do at this point to make it any better than it is. So you just like have to like, like for me, and I know this is your job too, the, what you do for a living, we just carry on. I want to cover the Browns. He's a part of the Browns. It is what it is. I hope my only hope here is that he doesn't play bad and force me to have to try to defend him as a, as like, like on the field, right? Not only yep. do we have to constantly try to defend the decision to get him and all of that, whatever, then we have to start defending. Well, he's still a really good quarterback. I just need him to be good. It would be really cool if he'd just be really good is my point so yep. that we don't have to try to do the old defend the quarterback game that we do. So, and again, he needs to be good because he's getting paid $230 million. So there's that too. I think Deshaun's a very good yep. quarterback. You do too. I do think someday, this is my opinion. You can call me wrong. I don't care. We don't even need to argue about it. It's just my opinion. I'm not going to change yours. You're not going to change mine. He has to face it. He cannot run from it forever. And I think he's run from answering the real questions about it someday. He said he would at the very first presser. Someday he'll go into it. Not now, not this season, maybe this off season, maybe the next. I don't know. You're still young at 27. I think you haven't made everything about you. You know, I, I think as you get toward 30, you start to figure out every single thing about yourself, but like he's got to eventually talk about it. So we'll leave it there. Listen, this is a good show, Jordan. I appreciate you, man. And we'll link up for our normal time next week and go around the league and all that fun stuff. But uh, now we know about the most boring team in the NFL. So we're good to go. We do. Yeah. Get excited. Browns versus the most boring team you could ever think of. So um, <laughs> yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, being flexible with scheduling as always, as I uh, cross the country in ways that don't even make sense as a plane route, but uh, we made it and we're back. So I appreciate you. Good stuff, man. We appreciate you too. You be well. Okay, guys, that's a that's a wrap with Jordan. We are uh, going to come back tomorrow with Brad Ward, so we'll talk to Brad and do our game day preview and talk about everything we do. Well, there won't be a weather discussion, but there'll be plenty of information around the coverage, the coverage teams, the the history of Browns, Texans, all that stuff. We'll, we'll cover it all. Have your game day pod ready for you in the morning. Uh, everybody enjoy your Saturday, okay? Take advantage of a nice Saturday, light football schedule. Get out and do something fun with your family. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks for listening to this podcast and checking out the OBR. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great Saturday. Go Browns.